0: Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive, dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth-yet-spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now let's join Pastor Mike. We're going to uh, continue in our series the showdown. Faith versus fear. In this corner fear. (laughs) He's had a few victories. Yeah boo come on boo boo. (laughs) And in this corner really undefeated come on somebody six five, 250 pounds lean faith <laughs> has the victory at the end you know how it ends we know how it ends brother Al. we just got to go through the journey and i'm just here this morning i'm not trying to give you a rah rah speech to get you to victory because victory is already there this is what you got to understand i'm just here this morning to get you through the journey i just want to give you the word of god to get you through the journey and I want to show you this morning how fear, last week we talked about why faith, what's the important of, importance of faith and what it does for us. We, we talked about how faith produces miracles and it manifests God's promises to us. It gives us access to the spiritual realm. Faith is necessary. Most importantly, last week we talked about faith as a law. Come on now. Whether you want to obey it or not, we looked at the book of Romans, and we understand that faith is a law, just like gravity is a law. Faith is it's going to happen. It's a law. If you don't abide by the law, it's going to happen. and You will pay the price if you don't abide by the law of faith. Come on. There's no way around it. The fact that faith operates as a law, whether you want to believe that, abide by it or not, it's very powerful and we talked about that this week i want to talk about why fear if you know faith works and not just that it works as if it's a formula you know for we walk by faith and not by sight say that with me we walk by faith not by sight again we walk by faith not by sight one more time for we walk by And we need to keep saying that until we believe it. (laughs) Come on, because it's easy to say. But as they say, when the rubber meets the road, come on, we find difficulty sometimes. We find difficulty. So if we were just to be honest, come on, there's one thing God wants us to be is honest, right? He knows we're not perfect. If we were just to be honest, we would understand that that gets difficult sometimes to walk by faith and not by sight. So we talked about why faith. I want to talk to you this morning just for a few moments about why fear. Why fear? Because it robs you of God's blessings. It robs you of God's blessings. I want to look at three stories this morning, and I'm going to read the three stories down, three stories that you're familiar with in the New Testament And then I want to go back and just briefly analyze each story and and look at what happened. Look at what happened in each story. Now we know that we're living in the kingdom of God. How many know that you're living in the kingdom of God? Though you are here on earth, though you are here in the United States, though you are here on this terra firma, really your spirit is living in the kingdom of God. You are citizens of heaven. It's not that you will be. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus in your life, if you have accepted God in your heart, if you have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are a citizen of the kingdom right now. Right now. It's not something a time to come. You're going to be changed in a time to come. But right now, your spirit lives in eternity. And so you live in a, you are here, you are a pilgrim. You are but a pilgrim going through this life in this body. Come on. And a kingdom, any kingdom, even an earthly kingdom, has a few elements, at least three elements. One thing is it has an army. Come on, every kingdom has an army. If a kingdom doesn't have an army, it's going to fall. And the kingdom that you and I live in has the greatest army this universe has ever seen. Come on. I'm talking about heavenly hosts. I'm talking about, do you need your eyes to be open like Gehazi so you can see these heavenly hosts and the army uh, that is surrounding you? And a kingdom also has a commonwealth. That just means the people. Got to be some people in the kingdom. And then most importantly, a kingdom has a king. Now, the king in the kingdom, uh, he be the man. Come on. He's the man, he makes the rules, right? He makes the edicts, and in the kingdom we live in, God makes all the rules. And one of the laws that he made, among many others, is the law of faith, and we must abide by it. And if we don't, we're going to see in these stories what kind of happens if you don't abide by this faith. So let's go over to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, all right, and I want to begin at verse... uh, 25 and today i'm reading out of the english standard version i'm taking you know i'm taking a little detour from the new king james version forgive me uh deckards i I apologize but you know (laughs) we'll get back to it i'm reading from the english standard version this is our first story matthew chapter 14 verse 25 it goes like this familiar story it says and in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were what they were terrified this version says they were afraid they were terrified and they said it is a ghost they cried out in fear but immediately jesus spoke to them saying take heart it is i do not be afraid and peter answering him lord If it is you, command me to come to you out on the water. He said, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him saying, oh, you of little faith why did you doubt why did you doubt all right let's look at another story matthew chapter 17 let's start at just flip over a couple pages there let's start at verse 14 another story here matthew 17 starting at verse 14 bible says and when they came to the crowd A man came up to him, speaking of Jesus, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, Oh, faithless and twisted or perverse generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, because, because of your little faith, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And most versions go on to say that this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. It doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. Come on. One more. Let's flip over a book to Mark. You know where Mark is? Matthew, Mark. You're in Matthew. Flip over to Mark. Quite a few pages there. Look at Mark chapter 4. I want to read one more story. Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. All right, you with me? All right, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, says this. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Now, I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about how fear robs you of your blessings. I'm real excited because in a couple of weeks, we're going to hear from, uh, I like to call him Father Al Pagliero. I'm very excited about that. We're going to talk a little bit about um, even going further into uh, some things about faith and unbelief. And so I just want you to be prepared. So we got a couple more weeks. We're going to get this faith thing in you and we're going to get this fear behind us. We're going to get this unbelief and doubt behind us. Amen. Come on. Come on, somebody. We're going to get it behind us so that we can move forward. So make sure you're here in a couple weeks to hear that. So last week we defined faith and fear. Really, I said that faith, the definition of faith is to have a complete unwavering confidence in something, someone, or a situation. A person of faith cannot be persuaded to think otherwise about a given situation. But listen, really what faith boils down to, and I really want you to get this, because if you look at it, I don't have time to go through every story. It's beginning in the Old Testament. You go through every story. You'll look at it. What happened when people demonstrated faith? All they did was obeyed God. They heard what God said, and they did it. It boils down to that, very simply, obeying the word of God. That's what faith really is, the kind of faith that we're talking about, kind of faith that we're talking about having. I mean, you want to have a victorious life? This is the kind of faith that you're, you're going to need to have. Next week, we're going to talk about the God kind of faith. All right, we'll get off of fear, Brother James. We're going to talk about the God kind of faith. But today we have identified our enemy. Come on. We see our enemy and we see him for who he is and what he does. Come on. Now if you look at these stories you'll see that this thing called fear raised its head. Fear identifies as words like dread, fright, alarm, panic and terror, trepidation, really Meaning that there's a painful agitation from an anticipation, most often, of danger. An anticipation of danger hasn't even come to you yet. We have an anticipation of danger and this fear grips us. I've seen what fear can do. Fear can kill you. Listen, we were, we were, we were on our way this morning, driving down the highway. A little squirrel came out on the highway. But it was far enough ahead. All he had to do was just run across the street. But you know how squirrels are. Ran across the street, saw that a car was coming, stopped, looked, started to run the other way, then started to run that way, then started to run back. Listen, fear will do that to you. Spiritually, fear will cause you should I go this way? What should I do? Just keep going. You have the word of the Lord, keep going. And you look at these stories, our first story here, Peter walks on water, doesn't he? But when the disciples saw Jesus, they were afraid. But Jesus does what he always does. He did it when he walked the earth in flesh, and he does it for you and I right now. When we go into his presence, just as I was describing this morning, coming into the presence of God, one of the first things that he'll say is, do not be afraid. Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. And what did they have? These disciples in this first story really kind of had a fear, what I call is number one, a fear of the unknown. I'll give you three fears from these stories. Number one was a fear of the unknown, right? Because there are many unknowns to us. But see, here's the thing. Our responsibility is not to dwell on the unknowns, but that's what we do. That's what I do anyway, Often. I'll dwell on the unknown and try to figure things out. What should I do? Do I need to do it this way? Do I need to do it that way? I really don't know. And and you really can't figure things out until you know. And so what God wants us to do is focus on the known. What is the known? This right here. You know this. If you are a Christian, you know this. God's word is true. That's the known. That's what we are to focus on. There's so many unknowns. Come on, I remember, and I talked about this before. I, mean, I love this illustration, true life illustration. I love the illustration of Frank Abagnale who uh, he was the man who years ago pretended to be an airline pilot. You remember that story? Or you, maybe you saw the movie. And uh, one of the things that really gripped me about that whole story is after everything was over, they had caught him and uh, they brought him into the FBI office. And what happened was, in case you don't know the story, he was uh, he, he got kicked out of his home when he was very young and he was off on his own and he pretended to be an airline pilot and he flew many flights, never had to pilot a plane, uh, but he just was in the jump seat all the time. Uh, but then for money, he would always forge checks. He became a master at forging checks. And so the, after all this was over, the FBI actually got him to consult and work with them after he had paid his dues. And, uh, they, and, they were, and, and the man who had caught him was talking with him and said, listen, we need a way to figure out how to tell all of these counterfeits. And he said, listen, let me tell you the most simple thing. He said, you're not going to know all the counterfeits because every day somebody comes up with a new counterfeit. He said, that's how I lasted so long. I kept doing different strategies and going to different people and different banks and doing things differently. You'll never know all the counterfeits. He said, here's how you know if one's a counterfeit and one is not. Study the one that's real. Know that. That's all you need to know. Know it inside and out. Know it up and down know it this way and that way know that and anything that's not that is counterfeit christians i want to tell you this morning know the word of god know it inside and out know it up and down know it this way and know it that way this way anything that's not that is counterfeit God wants us to focus on his word. That's what's known. Let's not focus on the unknown. Listen to what Psalm 119, 160 says about God's word. The psalmist said, the entirety of your word is truth. All of it together is truth. All of your just regulations will stand forever. The entirety of the New Living Translation puts it this way, says the very essence of your word is truth and your just regulations will stand forever. The essence of your word. In other words, what we need to understand about God, Jesus said, I am the way and I am the what? He said, I am the truth. I don't tell the truth. I am the truth. His word is truth so we can stand on it. There are many things that are unknown, but we don't have to worry about the unknown. Let's stand on what we know. How do we overcome this fear of the unknown? Listen, in verse 27, Jesus said back in Matthew 14, he was uh, walking on the water. They were afraid, and Jesus said, don't be afraid. It is I. Peter said, if it's you. The man just said, it's me. Peter responded with, Lord, if it's you. But Jesus shined that on. He said, that's all right. That's all right. Lord, if it's you. <laughs> Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come to you. Jesus said, come. You can come. You can come. John ten four puts it this way. He says, the sheep will follow him for they know his voice. Listen to this. They know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow and will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So why do we focus on those things that we don't know? Could it be because you don't know the voice of the Lord? The only way to know God's voice is to spend time with him. We, uh, years ago, Dietrich and I went to this marriage uh, conference. You may not—sort of a marriage retreat up at a lake. I can't remember what the name of that lake was up in, yeah, northern northern Indiana. And uh, during this marriage conference, we played a lot of games, and there was a lot of fun, you know, that we had, and uh, heard some great word. But one of the games we played was they took they took some couples, and they took all the men and took them out of the room, and they sat all the ladies down in some chairs. And they said, okay, men, we're going to blindfold you. And one by one, you have to come back in and you have to stand near each of the ladies. And they're going to disguise their voice and try to disguise their voice. And and you have to be able to tell which one is your wife. I said, oh, Lord, I know I'm in trouble now. I said, I know I'm in trouble. It was a good thing we got a couple more days of the marriage conference left. Maybe I can mend this thing up, you know. But let me tell you, I came in there and I went down, listened to the first one. I was like, I don't know the uh, kind of sounds. Listen to the second one. I got to the third one. I don't care how she disguised her voice. I knew that was Dietra. I don't care. She She could go low, high. I knew her voice. I knew it just like that. And each of us knew our own wife's voice, no matter how they disguised their voice. We knew it because I had spent so much time with her, even if she disguises her voice. Don't try to trick me now. But even if she disguises her voice, I know it. We need to know God's voice that way. And the only way we'll do it is to spend some time. You're not going to know. Why does God never speak to me? Hey, do you ever spend time with him? you ever spend time with him? That's how you know the voice of the Lord. Listen, when Jesus said, come, Peter had the word of the Lord, the will of God, the authority of God, and the power that undergirded God's word to do everything God told him to do. When God speaks to you, it's just not like your friend saying, ah, you should try it. When God speaks to you, he anoints you, he gives you purpose, he gives you power. Come on somebody. His way, when he gives you his word, you have everything you need to accomplish what he's telling you to do. This is why Jesus said, "Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt?" And then one other thing is to is, is interesting. He was walking through the storm. It's not like when Jesus started walking on the water, all of a sudden the storm was calm and he just started walking in a sunny day. No, he was walking and the storm was still there. So you can imagine this scene. Oh my goodness, it's a ghost. And he said, do not be afraid. It is I. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you. Come. His voice is audible even in the storm. But you know why we don't hear his voice? It's not because of the storm. Because his voice is loud enough to go over the storm. You know why we don't hear his voice? Because we're concentrating on the storm. We're concentrating on the storm. He is the peace in our storm. He is that peace. Come on. And you look at this second story here. Over in Matthew chapter 17. The disciples could not cast out the demon that's the way the man interpreted it anyway they could not cast out the demon so earlier we saw how the the disciples well they had a fear of the unknown by the way by the way and i've heard this said too and i agree with it 100 percent. listen we cannot talk bad about peter can we because he walked on the water i said he walked on the water peter did walk on the water I mean, is that in your resume? It's certainly not in my resume, but he did walk on the water. But in this story here, the man said, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cast it out. So what kind of fear did they have that they couldn't cast it out? I call this one the fear of embarrassment. The fear of embarrassment. This is what I share, the fear of embarrassment. Come on. Sometimes we, we, are, we are afraid of being embarrassed. What if I pray and that person doesn't get healed? What if I say, uh, I believe God that I'm going to get this job and I don't get the job? What if this, what if, what if, you got a lot of what ifs. And guess what? None of that is on you anyway. Now hear the word of the Lord and do what God, that's all your responsibility is. Everything else is up to God. Whether it happens or it doesn't happen, that's up to God. Our job is to hear what God has to say and do it. Just like Mary, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. He said, I brought them, brought him to your disciples and they, he used this word, could not cure them. Now, I am not one to ever, ever under any circumstances come against the word of God. The word of God is true. The word of God is living. The word of God is like a two-edged sword that cuts between soul and spirit. Come on. Word of God is true. Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But if you would allow me, I would like to tell you that this man misinterpreted the situation because he said they could not cure him. And then they asked the question, why could we not cure him? Just the fact that they asked the question, why could we not cure him, tells me that they knew they could cure him. They must have known they could. Why? If, they, if they knew they couldn't cure him, then why ask the question, why could we not cure him? They would have already known. Listen to what Matthew 10, in fact, flip back to Matthew chapter 10. I don't have this on the board. If you have your your, uh, Bibles or a way to get there, flip back to Matthew, because I just want you to see this Matthew chapter 10. You've seen it before, but I just want to remind you of something here. Just one verse here, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Watch what it says. This is the English Standard Version. Watch what it said. Now, this is before he, he did these things. This is before he walked on water, before this man brought his son to the disciples to try to cure them. This is what the Bible says. And he called to him his 12 disciples and he gave them, watch this now, authority over unclean spirits to cast them out And to heal, here's my word, Brother James, every disease. He didn't give them authority to cure lupus and arthritis, but not cancer. He gave them authority to cast out and heal every disease. I guarantee you, whatever this boy had, whatever demons he had, whatever illness he had, falls under the category of every It falls under the category of every. And I believe the disciples knew this. That's why they said, why could we not cast it out? You gave us the authority. Why could we not cast it out? Why? 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 They needed to find out why. Just like we need to find out why a lot of things. Come on. We need to find out why. Jesus told them, because, because. your unbelief and we'll find out a little bit more about these things in a few weeks because of your unbelief here's what I want to focus on I don't want to focus today on the unbelief as much as I believe they just had a fear of being embarrassment and that's being embarrassed and that's what led them to the unbelief but here's where I give the disciples credit here's where I give them credit and take some away from me is they went to jesus and said well why could we not cast it out why i believe there's some people even in here today that need to go before god and say why and don't be afraid god said come boldly to the throne he'll probably say i've been trying to tell you if you would have came to me before today why why lord tell me why with a reverence Now, the healthy fear that we do need to have is a fear of the Lord. So when we go boldly before the throne, understand you're going boldly, but you're going before the throne of the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. The king of the universe, come on. The one that breathed the stars came out. The one whose word holds up uh, the earth and all of the planets. The earth is his footstool. I'm talking about the rose of Sharon. I'm talking about the lion of Judah. You're going before the almighty God. So we must have some reverence, but it's okay to say why. Tell me, Lord, why? And I guarantee you beyond the shadow of a doubt, he will tell you. We need to get over our fear of embarrassment. Our fear of embarrassment. And then lastly, over in Mark (laughs) chapter 4, verse 35, uh, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus said something. He said, let us cross over to the other side. Now, I think to me that the key to this whole little story is right there in verse 35. The key to the whole thing is right in verse 35 because there's a lot of things i don't understand about this either i mean i don't understand how a great storm arises and you're gonna go to sleep i mean you god in the flesh you're gonna go to sleep you sleeping on the job what's going on lord i don't understand that but the key is right in the first verse look at the first verse again in this version it says on that day when the evening had come he said to them he said to them he said to them he said to them he said let us go to the other side that's it he was going to the other i believe he could go to sleep in the stern on the pillow because his he was going to the other side i don't know what you turkeys are doing but i'm going to the other side i've declared it i've said it and that's what's going to happen i'm going to the other side (laughs) let us cross over you have the word of god in your hand and the word of god is your authority Look at what Psalm 138 verse 2 says. It says, I worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Watch this now. You've heard it before, but let me get it back in your spirit. For you have magnified your word above all your name. His word is magnified above even his name. And so you can trust his word and it's easy to hear it and say yes amen brother mike i hear that yeah the word of god is good yeah i trust it listen do you trust it because it says you are an overcomer that's what it says it says you are more than a conqueror says he's going to make you the head and not the tail and it also says by the way it also says in this world you will have tribulation come on but i am he that's overcome the world and if you abide in me and i abide in you come on you are an overcomer you can't be an overcomer unless there's something to overcome. So don't act like there's going to be, uh, you know, just roses and tulips every day. But you're an overcomer. You can walk on the water in the midst of the storm because you have the word of God. I call this one the fear of circumstances. And that's the biggest one. I think most of us, I can't speak for you, but many of us share the fear of Circumstances. We look at our circumstances over what the word of God says. We look at our circumstances over what we know God has told us. We have a fear of circumstances. The disciples were afraid of the storm and the waves and thought they were going to sink. Come on. They thought they were going to die. They robbed Jesus of his nice sleep you can put up the fear of circumstances Sarah if you got that they robbed him of his nice sleep on a pillow come on and they robbed themselves of an opportunity to have dominion over the storm what we have to understand is fear is a great opportunity to show the greatness of god i'm gonna say that again fear it's nothing more than an opportunity to show the greatness of God. It's an opportunity. Come on. And when we realize that it's up to, this is what I love about it. This is what I love about it. When we realize that it's up to you and not God in these situations, because he's given you everything. God's done what he's going to do. We're looking for God to do something new. And I know what the Bible says. God God says, I'm doing a new thing, you know, and all of these type of things. But really, it's just new to us. It's just new to us. God did his work in six days, rested on the seventh day. And he put all things in your hand. You have everything you need to succeed right here. You have everything you need to succeed right here. God has given you his word. Come on. And when we realize that it's up to you and not God. Because we're always waiting on him to do something. God's already done something. Meanwhile, God's waiting on you to do something. And the thing of it is, even if you are anointed, come on. here's, Here's what we have to realize. Even if you're anointed, even if you have a word of prophecy, you've doubted the very word. That very anointing, if you give in to fear, you're doubting it. By doing that, listen, you limit God. You didn't know you could limit God, did you? God can do anything. His wonders to perform. Of course, God can do anything. But God also set it up that through a lack of faith and giving in to fear, we limit him. Let me leave you with this scripture from Psalm 78, 41. It says, yes, again and again, they tempted God. Psalm 78, verse 41. And limited the Holy One of Israel. Did you realize that you can limit God? Again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel of Israel they limited him let us not limit God but let us stand on his word because we walk by faith not by sight give the Lord some praise today hallelujah we walk by faith and not by sight